Welcome to Design by Us, the show where we discuss how humans design the world. My name is Ravi Chohan, and with me, as always, is... The owner of the best water bottle in the world. Oh, Jesus. All right, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, but in, you know, before we get there, Luigi, I've got a question for you. Okay. Do you think our dreams mean anything? We were talking about this this morning, were we? Yeah, we were. Um, we were. I don't know if they mean anything. They mean probably like a reflection of our subconscious, but... I think they, they maybe sometimes mean something. Sometimes it's just our subconscious just like storing things into long-term memory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's my... I have a follow-up question for you, though. No, well, I've got another one for you. How do you feel when you've kind of woken up after like a big, long, intense dream? Sometimes I feel good. Oh, yeah? I was like, wow, that was nice, yeah. yeah that yeah, was yeah. a nice movie. Yeah. Are you one of those people that journals their dreams? No. I used to, but uh, really, I yeah. Oh my days! That's it. What you wake up and just start writing your dream down immediately. Yeah, even in the middle of the night, I just like, I wibble something in there in a piece of paper <laughs> and try to make sense of make sense of it in the morning. You used to wibble on your paper in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait. So would you like be in a dream and be like, oh, I've got to wake up so I can write this down? Yeah, or try to like really remember, like in the middle of the night, just say, okay, I, I need to relate this dream. To Wait, hold on. Do your dreams wake you up? Are you like waking up at like three a.m. after a dream or something? Sometimes, yeah, I do. Man, that's crazy. And then I try to relate that to something else that happened in real life, mm-hmm. so I can remember it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I have a follow-up question. Yeah. Can dreams predict the future? No, they can't. Really? Yeah, I mean. What you think they can, presumably. So I have this theory, right? Yeah, I'm asking that question. Okay, well, tell me about your theory. I I have this theory where, you know, we have some really vivid dreams sometimes. And basically, this is called uh, precognitive dreams. Mm -hmm. And my my theory is that in the same way... You've just Googled that. You've just Googled that. No, no, no. This is actually a a theory. The theory doesn't exist on Google. That term... Uh, exists on Google, but my theory, because there's no science, ev- scientific evidence for it, and this is this is where my scientific knowledge breaks. This is where where one of my beliefs, where Luigi is all about science and facts, breaks. So if you wanna get me somewhere in the future, this is one of the arguments you should use. Okay. I didn't get you. Well, <laughs> who's out to get you, Luigi? Well, it, you know you like to argue with me from time to time, but anyway, here is my theory. So in the same way we move through through space with our body, our subconscious can also move through different layers. But right, but we, we are not we are not there yet. We can't really control it. Um, but when we dream, we let the control of our our brain pretty much to our subconscious. And some people, because they are much more advanced in the way they control and, and, and the way they control their brain, the way they control their subconscious, can travel through time in using their subconscious. So I think sometimes when we dream, it's just us moving through time and just living future, potential future events. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Have you ever had a dream where you've predicted the future? Yeah, I've had a few, and that's why I believe it. Go on, tell me. No, I, I can't really... Maybe after a few beers for the Patreon. No, what do you mean? Well, in, in our in our first get together. You can't. You can't. You can't. Like you know, I, like try and say, oh, this is a scientific theory and blah blah. blah. I can't really. Sure I don't want. Happens. I don't want. I don't want my personal dreams to be in future in, in public. <laughs> be public knowledge. You, know? you can change the names. 
No, it's alright. Oh we'll goodness. leave it for the patron, our first get together. First event, first panel, Luigi's Dreams. Luigi's Dreams. Yeah. Luigi's Precognitive Dreams. Anyway, that's a great start. Thanks, man. Yeah. Now you know where my scientific knowledge breaks. Yeah. You can use it in the future. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, so, it also, water it also, it also It also broke when you... um. When you told me I was an idiot for thinking that the air pressure was lower on the 19th floor of this building than the ground floor. It's marginally lower. I outscienced you and you don't like it. I don't think it's significant though. Yeah, well, it's significant enough to make your ears pop. What is significant? I I think it's really, really little. But anyway, we need a few sensors just so so we reduce the error, you know? We we used the sensors, we used our phones and you were wrong. Only one. In one day, you're only one day. On this podcast, on this podcast, you don't own science, right? All right, Ravi, can you tell us about that magical fix that you did for the kitchen table? No, we won't. We won't go into that in a moment. (laughs) Apparently, Ravi is the engineer of the house now. I'm the engineer of the house. Yeah, I'm the engineer of the house. Basically, long story short, there was a um, we've got one of these little robotic vacuum cleaners. Um, it's called Roxy Two, after my dog Roxy. It's called and, R2, but that's a compromise. No, it's called Roxy2. And, um, you know, basically it does its business. It, you know, wakes up every day and goes around the house and sucks stuff up and captures it. And then it goes back to its base. Uh, but it keeps getting tripped up on this table. Um, it's quite difficult to explain, but essentially um, the table has legs that are, you know, it's basically on a stand. And that stand uh, is raised from the floor by about one centimeter. So when, it, when the Roxy2 goes into it, it crashes uh, instead of bouncing off like it would do against the wall, it gets trapped on top of the um, base of the uh, base of the table. Um, so I had an amazing idea, which is to raise the table off the floor by about two centimeters uh, using some cork um, bits and pieces I had lying around. I used a prototype. We validated that it worked, and still that's not good enough for Luigi. So that's fine because it doesn't last. It lasts yeah, well, a week, it's, and it's, everything, it's pro- all the corks are all over the place. It's a prototype. It's a prototype. Alright. It's a prototype. Looking forward for the final product, man. Alright, okay. Alright. Cool. Water bottles. So we have to talk about water bottles. I think it's very important. It's the best water bottle in the world. And it's so important that you wanna buy one as well. I know, but you know, do we really need to like like honor kind of consumerism and buying stuff that you don't need and on, on this show? Is that what this show is about? Um today. Today is about that. But anyway, Ravi, I have a few questions here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So basically, just for context, I I lost my water bottle. For those of you who have been listening for a while, drinking water is very important for me. I may drink it and the same way it is for every other human. But I, I have a big attachment to my water bottle and I lost it. Mm-hmm. So I spent about four days doing research for what is the best water bottle in the market right now. Mm-hmm. And I came across this one, which is called the Ocean Bottle. Mm-hmm. Ravi and I did an unpacking video for our Patreon. And Ravi basically declared that he wanted to get one. That it was one of the best products that he has seen. No, I didn't and say I it quite wanna... like that. I did not say it's one of the best products I've ever seen. And I basically want, want you to walk us through what is your thought process and what do you like about the water bottle. What made you, what made you say that? People pay for this, you know that. This is a professional podcast. Yeah. We're professional podcasters. Yeah. Go on, tell us. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. 
So walk you through the experience of opening the water bottle. Yeah? Yeah. And what right. did you like about it that made you think, okay, I need this product? You know how they say don't judge a book by its cover? Yeah. This this water bottle very much is a case of that because the cover is pretentious as hell um, because the box on the outside says things like, oh, well done, you've saved 1,000 bottles from entering the ocean by buying this water bottle. But that's because uh, they pay with the money that you pay. They pay for them to collect that thousand. It's almost bottles. like it's almost like this water bottle. Like whoever designed the bottle, and then manufactured it, great, very very good, right? Everybody else in that company, silly, because they they've just they've they've created a great product and they've just wrapped it up with 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 like you know, m you know, tons and tons and tons of you know, frankly BS. Um, so it's called Ocean Bottle, uh, which for a start doesn't make any sense. Then uh, on the outside of the packaging, you see that it's actually got an NFC chip, right? So the box advertises that this is a smart water bottle with an NFC chip in it, right? So what do you do with that NFC chip? Every time that you have a drink, you can scan your NFC chip with your phone to record that you've had a drink or even indeed that you record that you've kind of filled it up. So basically every time that you, you scan it and you say, hey, I've just filled up this water bottle, they're like, great, congratulations. And this is when it gets crazy. You've, you've saved an additional five bottles from, uh, from, from like being created or, or the environment. So essentially then you get a counter, which starts at a thousand because they're paid for a thousand water bottles to be taken out of the ocean when you buy one. Um, and they basically said, um, we're going to add five to that total. So congratulations, you've saved 1,005 water bottles from entering you know, the environment, which is BS because the, the capacity of the water bottle is 500 milliliters. So I don't understand or see how you could save five bottles whose average capacity is definitely more than 100 milliliters from entering the environment with that. I don't know who's buying 500 milliliter you know, bottles of mineral water from Sainsbury's because you know, those don't exist. You can't do that. So this is just an example of how they've kind of like, they, 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 they've greenwashed their brand and they've greenwashed their product. And it's annoying because it's a good product. So you're judging the marketing team's judgment then? 100%, definitely, okay. definitely. I wanna judge the product itself. But why? But th this is all part of one, you know, one whole experience, right? There's no such thing as, you know, brand and product. It's all the same thing. Everything is brand, everything is brand. Well, in this one, what I really liked, can I can I tell you why I bought this product now? Um, so now, you could discuss it on now the you show. Just, yeah, now you just told me. Now you just told me why you didn't like the product, but you haven't told me yet why yeah. you made the decision that you wanted to buy it. Well, I'm a visual person, All and right. when I see something and I like it, then I get it. Okay. So it, it was in my, if I saw that on a web page, I'd be like, this is silly. But I saw it in my hands, and I appreciated how small it was uh, and yeah. how compact it was. You know, it's a small 500 mils. So not only is it 500 mils, but I, I truly think that they've done a good job of keeping it compact around that 500 mil capacity. Uh, I like the the way that they've powder coated the uh, the stainless steel kind of um, uh, double double walled kind of flask main part of it. Um, and I like some of the thoughtful touch they've put into the designing um, of the uh, lid, which is a two stage lid, so you can clean it quite easily. It's dishwasher safe and everything like that, yeah. which is cool. Um, so yeah, it's a good product. Um, yeah. Keep in mind that it's also recycled stainless steel, recycled plastic. That very important fact, 500 milliliters, which is super important when you put it in your backpack so it doesn't tilt it. Yeah, Another important fact is the 180 degree lid. All right, okay, explain that as if you can't see it. 
Basically, imagine this scenario. You're sleeping at night, you wake up, right? Super thirsty, right? You, you, you have been sweating all night because you're in the middle of this heat wave. You wake up super thirsty and then you need to drink some water. You reach your water bottle and you start unscrewing the lid of the water bottle. You have to do like three turns, right? In this one, then, then by the time by the time you get to drink water, you're already super tired and you, you, you you've died of dehydration. Right? You've died yeah. of dehydration. It's been too mm-hmm. late. Massive the life-saving problem. water has been has been yeah. you know, denied I, from you. I don't think people think enough about this these scenarios. But in this one, the reason why I really liked it is because it's a hundred and eighty degree um, threat. So basically, what that means is that with only half a turn, you are able to get your water, which is really important. Mm-hmm. Another mm-hmm. use case is you are walking in the street. You have the water bottle in your backpack. Mm-hmm. You have one hand is is being used by I don't know. Uh, you're walking with your dog or you are carrying a bag you reach to the back of your backpack you mm-hmm. get the easy carry loop which is the the, the side loop that is, is holding the water bottle and then with only one hand you are able to unscrew the lid of the water bottle drink and then put it back only with your thumb and um, one of your fingers mm-hmm. very important use case that happens to me all the time mm-hmm. why don't you so have that's sports, why but isn't this doesn't like a sports top solve that you know what I mean? Yeah, like but they don't. Like, they don't have it. They they don't have it yet. So they because they don't have it, you won't get that. But I'm sure I'm sure there's a water bottle that's 500 mils that exists on the market with like a sports top or like a flip top. Well, yeah, flip top are the best ones in my opinion. The only problem with flip tops is you can't when you just go dump in a plane them. and you can't when dump you a flip a, top in your bag. Yeah, you, you could. You could in theory. You could. No, but that, that's it, it I don't open. do it. I, but I keep that's it on high the risk. side. That's high risk. I keep it on the side. It doesn't matter. I keep it on the side. For the me, problem a great a great a great water bottle you can just toss in your bag like inside the middle of the bag and just know everything's going to be okay. I don't do that, but that's not my use case. But yes, fair enough. When I go in the plane, and that's the biggest problem, is that the flip top just opens mm-hmm. and it might leak everything and from everyone. Like it doesn't matter. And that happened to me in the past and it's very, it's not nice. Let's say mm-hmm. people around you don't appreciate it. But anyway, mm-hmm. I think it's important to mention that Design by Us started when we were designing a water bottle. And what I, w- I would really appreciate is if Ocean Bottle can do one of the designs that we had, which is that you can attach different lids to the bottle. Mm-hmm. And I would really appreciate if they can attach some sort of flipped up design to one of these lids. That would be awesome. So if they listen to this, some feedback. Nice, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think a screw tool makes the most sense. It's, it's very simple. And, you know, I think the other thing to think about there is just like how you don't want a water bottle that leaks. We've all had the, the kind of coffee cup that leaks coffee and all that kind of stuff like... You don't want a water bottle that leaks, and screw yeah. is great for doing that. So try and try and test the technology. Design a flip, flip top that doesn't leak. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's my recommendation. But I love it. I think it's it's great so far. And the greatest should, thing that happened in here is that we converted Ravi. Should we? Should the we, hardest thing to do. Should we test let's out their buying experience? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So I'm going to their shop. Mate, they've got a limited... Who's going to buy a limited edition water bottle for £45? Oh, yeah, also also it's expensive. Can we just say that? It's expensive. Yeah, I agree. It's an expensive water bottle. It is expensive. to be honest, it's around the same price range as Chili's and any other competitors, so... Yeah, but it's expensive for a water bottle. For a water bottle, yes. I agree, it's expensive. Right, okay. Luigi, what was the buying experience like of the water bottle from Ocean Bottle? 
and it was it was very simple, Ravid. You you just click add to the card and buy it. <laughs> That's it. No, what what I really like is that they send you emails about oh, you have contributed to this and that. You like that you they send use... you emails. Bloody no, this hell! Is how you, this is how I'm you a, can use a water bottle. I'm a, I'm a marketer. Um, <laughs> I wish people were like, oh man, I like it when people receive emails from eight billion ideas. Jeez. No, after you make the purchase, because I think a really important thing that people don't get is that the, from the moment you order it until you get it. Mm-hmm. That anticipation time is very important, mm-hmm. and I think you can you can you can push the user to to release more oxytocin or whatever chemical they release in the brain mm-hmm. if you build that excitement even more. Mm-hmm. And I think they did that really well. So they 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 were sending me emails on the first day because it takes two days for the bottle to arrive. They they first day were like, okay, with this water bottle you have achieved this this and this. Remember mm-hmm. these are our values. We help the ocean, whatever. And you are like, oh, cool. You, I feel that I already bought something that is good for the planet. Mm-hmm. And the next day, they send me another email saying like, oh, remember, our bottle bo- water bottle can do this, this, and this. Uh, you, can, you can do this loop, this with the easy carry loop, the lid, and it tells you all the features that you can use. And you are like, oh, I'm so excited to try it out. Yeah. So I think building the excitement is quite important. Cool. So look, um, you know, water bottles, right? It's interesting because they're basically a commodity. You know, and because of the, how can I say? Because of the, the because Western as, as, world has made them a commodity. I don't really think a water bottle should be a commodity. No, but they're a commodity in the sense that, like, you know, that they're, they're very simple devices, arguably. But now they've kind of gone. There's this market of like thirty pound plus water bottles for people with nothing better to spend their money on. <laughs> but yeah. do you know what I mean? It's like it's quite a. There's like a whole. It's an interesting market to be part of because like what makes it you successful in that in that space? Great branding. You probably you probably overinvest in branding to make to make that to make your entry into that market work. Great buying experience, easy fulfillment and shipping and everything like that. People want it quick and they want it uh, in their hands. You probably need to layer on like community and tech, which is what these guys have done. Um, it needs to be recognizable by other people. There's like a brand, you know. Oh, they've got that water bottle. They've got a Chili's. Oh, it looks like it's a real official Chili's, not a kind of a knockoff from Amazon or, or whatever else it might be. And you also need that kind of, you know, ability to express yourself as well with like different colors and personalization options and, and things like this. You know, uh, Ocean Bottle and Chili's offer kind of engraving and that kind of thing. So it's an interesting kind of scenario there because it's an interesting market is what I mean, because it's not really based on, you know, frankly, I would say it's not based on the features of the bottle. I'd say it's, I'd say it's very brand driven. You've got a lot of, and when you've got, products that are very similar to one another, that's when companies start investing in advertising and branding to differentiate themselves from their competition. I agree. And I think the brand driven part, if you push it a bit more, it has to, the water bottle has to do more than only bring water to your mouth. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna make you feel good. It's gonna make you feel like you're doing the right thing. It's gonna make you feel, you know, frankly, it's a a fashion item, you know? You know, it's, um, I mean, if if you look at the uh, the Chili's water bottle website, you know, it's it's gonna be very um, fashion driven in my opinion. Yeah, if I can yeah, summarize look, what you look, just said. Look, literally, literally, just to, just to kind of put that on, go to chilies.com right now. First thing you see, yeah. Chilies and Tate collection. Are you Tate more? Yeah, I saw, I saw oh, it in my four like, days of research. You did four days of research. Oh, actually, the Chilies water bottle looks quite good. They've got a new bottle. They've got a new version. Interesting. Yeah, the V2. That you can unlid the, uh, unscrew the, it's a two-stage lid. Oh, my much. word. There's a 36 pounds as well. Jeez. Yeah, it's very expensive. That's what I mean. It's it's the whole that whole range is of water bottles is the same price. There's no there's That's no cheaper option. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Anyway, let's talk about something else. Next topic in line. It's nothing. They released the phone one. Yeah. I wish people. I wish people can see your reaction when I said that. I, I, I wish. I think. I think we should. Be, no we way. should release the the, the video. No, we have a version of the show in that Absolutely. Location. We're definitely you know, doing that at some point. You know, point. I was thinking I was thinking earlier today, man, I'm so glad that this is not a video <laughs> video podcast. We're definitely gonna do that at some point in the Patreon. Um all right. What do you know about the nothing phone, Robbie? Tell me. I know nothing about the nothing phone. Actually, what do I know? Um what do I know? What do I know? What do I know? They had issues with the screens. Um it doesn't come with the charger in the box. Um it comes in black and white. It's got a medium range uh, processor in it, and people are a little bit disappointed by that. Uh, what else do I know? Um, so you, you know all the negative things, pretty much, then? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay. Sounds like Riley. <laughs> it's USB-C. It has a pre-applied screen protector on both sides. On um, both sides? Supposed to, yeah. Um, Have we talked about the phone yet on this? I know we talked about, like, oh, what does yeah, it mean? We, we, we talked about the nothing event the, brand. the nothing brand yeah but we haven't actually talked about the phone since it since it went live all right but uh, what is really interesting is that they have a a pop-up in covent garden where mm-hmm. you can test uh, the phone and you can test the older products so mm-hmm. we should definitely go we maybe do a live recording and put it on the patreon mm-hmm. uh, but anyway that's for later what i find really interesting of the is fo- of this phone is the whole presentation of how they introduced it mm-hmm. and the whole live event and community building that they did in in london Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you are you aware of what happened. Mm, Not I, really. Something something to do with NFTs. All right, I'll I'll walk you through it. So basically, for those early investors, um, they offer them an NFT, right. which is a, I believe they call the Nothing Dot. Nothing Dot basically gives you access to um, early access to their products. It gives you early access to to the events and buying tickets, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it also gave you an early invitation for this particular event where they were launching the nothing phone. Um, so that's really a really interesting use case of how you can you can you can get NFTs into this community building. Um, and I think it's the first one. I don't think Apple or Samsung or any of any of them are using that. Use, are using NFTs to to build a community and give extra rights to those people who are actually power users. Okay, then we move on to the event. The event starts at this like I'm not sure exactly what it is, but it's kind of like a Mexican type bar somewhere in London. And that's the the intro. You know how Apple has fancy animations? In this one, they were basically recording that bar somewhere in London for like five to ten minutes. Okay? And that was the intro while people were waiting. Then the camera goes in and then you see Carl Pay sitting there in a very random table, just talking. <laughs> what do you mean like a random table? Was it like it's like a restaurant Fish. table in like a bar? like a Mexican okay. super oh, simple cool. super chill yeah that's pretty cool he was just talking explains walks you through things and then he tells you okay let's talk let's see the phone mm-hmm. and then the camera turns and they go into like a cinema type of thing they start talking about the phone they said the phone does this 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 and this these are the features etc and he gets to the camera mm-hmm. once it gets to the camera they say the camera has i don't know x amount of megapixels i believe it's, it's 50 i'll tell you here yeah so 50 megapixels sony camera um and then i have like the front 16 megapixels sony as well wide angle all of that and then it says actually so you, you know how good it is this whole event has been recorded with the nothing phone and i th- I think that's pretty bold. And I'm actually super surprised that Apple had never done that because we talked about it in one of the first Apple episodes that we recorded. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was pretty cool. Um, that was the highlight of the of the 
of, of the event for me. And the whole branding with the parrots. Yeah. Having the phone with the parrots. Oh, is that where it turned into Mexico? And like Mexican bar parrots, no idea. those kinds of colors. I don't I have no idea. But I thought it was pretty clever because it's very memorable. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're absolutely right, yeah. Um, but yeah. So in terms of the event, the event is so simple. I think they were probably trying to keep it low budget. And I think it turned out to be great. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, what do you think about the lights on the back of the phone? What are they first? And tell me what you think about them. So they call it the Glyph interface. And there are a few interesting things in there and a few no interesting things. The Glyph interface basically allows you to interact with the phone in a, they call it a new way. Um, and basically you can do things like um, it matches so the ringtone so Basically it's a, call. it's a series of lights on the back of the phone in a specific pattern. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, it's almost like a neon light on the back of your phone in terms of like, it's a thin, it's a few thin strips of LEDs and uh, yeah, they're supposed to, what can you do with those things? That's the challenge. You can do basic things like whenever you're getting a call, it will match the ringtone. Whenever you're getting charged, you're charging your phone, you can, they're, they're pretty much located in specific places. So whenever you interact with your phone, something happens with the Glyph interface. Mm -hmm. Like when you're charging your phone, the bottom LED is going to be like charging. Oh, so cool. you know when you're charged, even if your phone is upside down. Mm -hmm. um, ringtone, I already mentioned. When you are charging with wireless charging, you can it will also see that. When you're reverse charging the, the nothing earbuds, mm -hmm. you can also do that. Um, yeah, things like that. When you are, when you are inter instead of putting a flash mm -hmm. in your, in your camera, mm -hmm. it just uses a glyph interface and you get much better lighting at night when you're taking pictures and videos. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a good feature because it, the actual, they compared both phones and they actually looks very different. Um, what I also think is really interesting is that if you see the, the glyph interface, everything is very homogeneous. Like it, it's very hard to get an LED at the same temperature than the, the one next to it, especially when you have so many at once. Um, so I thought that was really, really interesting that how they managed to do all of that and it just looks super clean. However, I think we're, we're still, still very early in, in how to use that Glyph interface. I don't think we can, it's either a gimmick or we, the market still hasn't decided how to use it. I mean, sure, sure, and, and surely I, it's a gimmick. Well, I, I will be super excited to see what people come up with. Like when they open the, the, when people start making apps and they open, I don't know, some sort of API that allows you to, to use I don't it. know, Uber. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Or in, in a restaurant or when you're ordering something, mm -hmm. it will buzz and like the lights, I don't know, the Liveroo and would allow you to like interact with the game. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, but come on. It, really haven't thought about but it. But realistically, are, are developers actually going to do that? If I think I think it all comes to how big is the market for nothing mm -hmm. phones. I don't think they are there yet. Mm -hmm. um, we'll see. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it, it's you know how as a as an Android phone. Like, how do you get out of the how how do you how do you drive enough awareness such that it's not you know nerds like you and me talking about it on a podcast, but it's people you know it's like people in the street talking about it. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like they've done a great job of marketing to tech people like us, but how do they convert that into mass awareness about their, their brand and their company? Do you see what I mean? Because yeah. what they need to do, they need to get to a point where it's just like, when my dad's buying a new phone, he's like, oh, I heard something about the, uh, the nothing phone recently, Robbie, should I get that? And then of course I say no, get an iPhone, end of conversation. But like, do you know what I mean? Because like, if you ask my dad, like what phones are out there, he'd probably say like Samsung Galaxy. So that's like a brand that's in his head. Uh, and I think nothing mm -hmm. could occupy that space. I don't think that's their market though. I know, but no, but yes. the thing, but they need to become mass market, right? If they want to, if they want to 
be a huge company and if they want people like Deliveroo to adopt specific features that they're building, then they need to um, they need some more and more. Don't you think? I mean, obviously they're starting with a niche and they've probably got like a five, 10 year plan behind it. But like, my point is, is that like at some point, you know, if they want to become the huge company they want to become, they don't want to just keep, you know, because Android phones are already a niche. Obviously it's like half the market, but that's a niche. And then they're probably capturing a very engaged 10% of that. Can they, can they expand that is, is my point. Potentially. I think that's why the, the price point is an interesting part here. Yeah, that's the, that, yeah you're right about that. Which yeah. which makes it really good. I think it's a mid-range phone at a cheaper price. I think it's, it's a pretty mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. price range. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I don't know. It, yeah, If they can capture it, I don't know. We'll see. But I think they got enough um, quirky features that will attract a lot of people. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Once you start seeing them in the street, you will see. I think at least because they're in London... Um, we're probably going to see people around walking with the nothing phone. In the same with the earbuds. Oh, really? This guy in the metro got the earbuds. Did you see the um, the earbuds were on Amazon Prime? Uh, You know Prime Day? Yeah. They they were on sale for like 60 quid. Interesting. Oh, I didn't know that. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Okay. Awesome. This is all what I wanted to talk to you about today. That was it. Anything else, Ravi? That was it. I don't know, man. Um, Ravi's not in the mood. What do I want to talk to you about? Random question. Have you seen uh, Venezia? Their um their new football kit. No, I haven't seen. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Look it up. Because they've done they've done what PSG. Do you remember we talked about PSG a while ago? In the PSG episode. Yeah. yeah. So they've managed to do what PSG wanted to do, which is turn their um turn their football club into a fashion brand. So basically, they recently rebranded and um they changed their uh their logo, uh and it looks brilliant and um and it's got a lot of. Not a lot of people, like, it's got a bit of controversy about it, but they've just bigged up the fact that they're in Venice. Their sh- new shirts look, like, amazing. It's just very cool all around. And their uh, their website is... It looks very expensive. Yeah, their, their, their website is... It looks like a Gucci shirt. Exactly, yeah. exactly that, exactly that, yeah. And I just I saw it the other day, I thought, oh, these guys are, you know, they're doing the, the right thing. Also, the, the, the website looks like a very expensive website that they don't really care about user experience yeah. it's just like random images all over the place yeah exactly venezia fc present collaboration with venetian swimwear brand lido it's just like it's, it's very um interesting venezia fc released 2021 photography book like they are a fashion brand it's pretty i think that's pretty cool if i'm being honest yeah i, I think it's pretty cool I agree. yeah so yeah look into that um i like i like the pre-match shirts pre the one with the square yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a shame they're 75 euros. Oh, my day. Yeah, for the Venezia Football Club. It's just cool, though, isn't it? Like, it's just very cool. I think maybe it's because they don't have sponsors right. on the shirts. The only sponsor is Kappa, isn't it? That's how they've done it. They've done it properly, man. They're like, you know what? Let's take the, let's take the sponsors off. You know, we're the brand here. I just think it's very cool. Anyway, I thought you might want to hear that. No, I think it's good. Thanks for sharing. It's all right. The city of Venice is the sponsor, apparently. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't know to what extent. But it's like a mini PSG, isn't it? The they're, government they're, is paying for that. Yeah, well, they're following the same thing. You know, link it to the city they're in. You know, big it up in your branding. Uh, PSG did that by literally putting the Eiffel Tower on their crest. Uh, Venezia are doing it by putting City de Venezia on their um, on their Chita. on their shirt. Say that again. Di Venezia. Gone. It's, it's Città di Venezia. Gone. Say that one more time. Città. Yeah. Di Venezia. Città di Venezia. Did I nail it? Yeah. Nice. I think you're fluent now. But yeah, like, do you know what I mean? They're they're doing it like PSG, but properly. And power to them for that. Cool. Well, kudos to the Venetian people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. All right. Awesome. 
Robbie, what can people do after they listen to the show? Um, they can follow us on Twitter at designbyus underscore FM, and they can follow uh, you and me on Twitter at Luigi underscore the Introno and uh, at Robbie is occupied. And if they want to support the show, Luigi, what can they do? They can go to the Patreon and join us. We are adding extra tiers. And the Patreon community is growing, which is awesome. Um, also, if you like the show, just follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, just share it with someone who might like yeah, it. Yeah, All right. Great talking to you, Robbie. See you, man. Bye-bye.